what is going on everyone welcome back to another episode of becoming me the podcast the good the bad and the downright raw i am your host casey davis and this podcast is being brought to you by my production company black mind productions which is home to a lot of things writing directing producing uh podcasting short films documentaries interviews all types of just wonderful things um if you are new to this podcast uh this podcast is my baby um it's pretty much a platform where i come on to talk about um specific topics every two weeks that deal with things that have happened and experiences i have uh had that contribute to who i am in my life so if you were listening to last week's episode i talked about um how i was always in that mindset of feeling like people will want to shut me up and that i couldn't voice my opinions and my feelings about things because people would always find something negative to say or felt like they had to defend me or speak up for me or just quiet me and mute me um so if you haven't listened to that episode or episode two on childhood struggles or the introduction episode to find out more about this podcast who i am and what you can expect over these next couple of episodes in this season and throughout the entire podcast go ahead and pause this and go back and take a listen to the first three episodes because those are really good those are really good really really good episodes um also small disclaimer before i continue for those who do not know i live in chicago because i am currently um in school for my second master's degree and i live directly next to um a train so if you hear like a lot of rumbling in the background it's just the train that's going back and forth and passing um but yeah other than that let's jump straight into this episode i'm so excited to be back for another week um and i'm so blessed that god has been able to allow me to be here to share my stories with you all and hopefully you all can relate to what i'm saying hopefully you all have similar experiences well i don't hope that you have similar experiences but i hope that you can take something from my experience and you know be able to move forward if you share that experience or help someone who has that same experience so this week's episode is going to talk about um the v card v as in vacuum And I don't just mean the V card as in virginity. I mean the V card as in validation. That's very clever. I thought about that. I was like, oh, let me just title this the V card and then just trick people to think that I'm going to talk about sex, but I'm not talking about, well, I am going to talk about sex in this episode, but, um, I'm really talking about validation, but yes. (laughs) So the five core, um, I don't know what to call it. Like, I guess the five things I'm going to talk about specifically in this episode are relationships, education, sex, confidence, and career goals. 
And on this episode, you're going to hear about my struggles with focusing on people's opinions, using validation to make personal life decisions, and using validation to construct a false narrative of myself. So without further ado, let's jump into episode four. So, um, I wanted to talk about this topic because I think that in today's society, um, we struggle a lot with validation, specifically people in my age group who are millennials and those that come after us millennials. And I think that validation is one of the core, um, I guess like groups that people can fall into because it is what people live off of in order to find out what they think of themselves. And they use validation from others, whether it's positive or negative, to make decisions about what they're going to do in their life, their next move, their next job, what they're going to wear, how they're going to talk, who they're going to be in a relationship with, etc. And I wanted to bring this topic up because I depended on validation a lot. I'm still working through that I don't care phase, that setting boundaries phase, that saying no phase, but I used to let validation overly consume my life. And if you go back and listen to episodes one, two, and three, um, you will get a better understanding and a more deeper feel on how validation consumed my mental state, my spiritual state, my emotional state, my physical state, everything. So let's jump into, um, hmm. Let's jump into confidence first. Let's do confidence. So if you all know, I was severely bullied growing up. Um, and I went through a lot of things in my life where people would, um, place their insecurities on me about how I looked, how I walked, how I talked, how I dressed, but I grew up pretty poor. Um, my parents made ends meet how they needed to, but we struggled a lot. So I did not have everything that everyone else had. Um, and so that was hard to already go to school and be bullied for wearing glasses or having a lazy eye or not having the latest or in name brand uniforms or the latest shoes or whatever. Um, so it was just, it was difficult. And that essentially messed with my confidence, um, a lot. I thought that I was like really ugly. I would let people's opinions about me, um, dictate how I felt about myself. And where my parents, specifically my dad, cause I have an older sister, a younger sister and two little brothers. So my parents had girls first. And so with my dad, my dad always made it a point to let me and my sisters know that we were beautiful, we were worthy, we were special, we were loved, but it didn't feel the same as 
hearing it from other people because I remember growing up I always felt like okay your parents and your family members are supposed to tell you that you're pretty and that you're if you're a boy you're handsome or that you're worthy and that you're smart and that you're a superstar because it's like that's your flesh and blood and like why wouldn't your parents tell you that you're beautiful even though some people's parents don't some people grow up in very very toxic and unhealthy households but me specifically i just felt like okay my dad is telling me this and my mom is telling me this and my grandmothers are telling me this and my aunts and my uncles and my cousins and etc it's like yeah they're supposed to tell me this but i don't feel it because when i go to school it's a whole different dynamic you're ugly you're black you ugly for a dark-skinned girl or when people will compliment me they'll say oh you're pretty for a brown-skinned girl or a darker-skinned girl or when I would like a boy, it's like, I don't like you because you too black. It's like, what the hell? Like, that's a thing? You know what I'm saying? Like, especially when I was first introduced to like colorism, it was just like, who taught you that? Like, we seven, eight years old for Christ's sakes. Like, you tell me you don't like me because I'm too black? Oh, when the lights go off, people can't see you. Like, I'm first of all, I'm not that dark. But okay, I, whatever. Um. But yeah, it was just like, it was really bad. And it it severely, severely um, hindered my confidence. And I remember when <laughs> I started to develop my body shape and go through puberty and things like that. I've always been a tall girl. And even when I was like really slim, I still had certain body parts that were more accentuated than others. Specifically my legs, they've I've always been somewhat pretty muscular, specifically my legs. I've always had, you know, bigger thighs and wider hips and a rounder butt. And so I remember that people would specifically boys would like me only because I had a big butt. So it was just like, "Oh, she thick." And oh my god, look at her hips and her thighs and her legs and look at her booty. Like, oh she she's cute, but they only liked me because of my shape. They only liked me from the neck down and specifically from the waist down. Um, before puberty like really came in. And I never I didn't realize like I knew the game essentially because I would watch like my cousins do stuff or say things or I was around certain conversations that I wasn't supposed to be in not that I was eavesdropping but it's like you know in my community in a black community we're not the most secretive or the most quiet when it comes to conversations especially when you're around a large group of family members they're gonna gossip they're gonna laugh they're gonna keep key they're gonna crack jokes it's like okay so you're hearing stuff that you're not supposed to hear and so um <laughs> I I essentially knew that they really didn't like me, especially for my face, because people would just say I was ugly. But at that point in my life, I didn't really care. I was very, very thirsty for validation and attention, especially from guys. So my confidence was at like a negative, 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 negative zero point zero 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 point zero zero zero. So, um, I would just feed into how guys felt about me. Um, 
And I ran with that. And so that those confidence issues were put into um like sex. So I started doing things uh at a younger age and uh, my dad listens to this so <laughs> he's probably gonna be so uncomfortable but this is my truth so i'm speaking in it but dad please don't kill me i love you so much but um i started doing things at a very young age specifically at the age of 15. And it wasn't anything that was like super, super over the top, but, um, I started having sex at a very young age and, um, I'm, I'm saying very, like I was like 12 or something, but it's not it's like 15 that's young, but I have to stop saying very young. Cause this is making it sound like I was like really, really young. Um, I'm 26 now, but I started having sex at... 15 and um the guys that i dealt with from the ages of 15 to i'm getting emotional uh 25 um 95 percent of them were not <laughs> worthy of like my time or my precious uh, treasure, I will say. Um, and I, it didn't take me until I was about 25 to realize that I am practicing abstinence right now. Um, I've been going strong for almost two years, which is great for me. I've had my moments where I was going strong and then I had a backsliding moment and then, you know, I had to go to God about that. But I am now in the mindset because I want to be a wife um, that I, God is pretty much taking me through that journey of being celibate and being abstinent and to wait on when my husband comes. So I'm doing okay with that. It's easier to be abstinent and celibate when you're not in a relationship, when you're single. I've never been in a relationship ever in my life and i'm gonna dig deeper into that because some of y'all probably like girl you was having sex with people but you wasn't in relationship that's another story we're gonna get into that in a little bit but um <laughs> young things like really young things it's i'm learning to not be embarrassed by that but that was like younger days when i was broken broken and my confidence was absolutely trash and my self-worth, I thought I didn't have any, and that was bad. But anyway, um, I'm in the process now of practicing celibacy and abstinence, and I'm July will be two years strong. Um, but I'm waiting on my husband, and I believe that God is going to send him when the time is right. And I believe that oh, my stomach is growling. I'm sorry if y'all can hear that, but I, and I also believe that um. He's going to be absolutely amazing for me. But yes, so during that time, during the last 10 years of my life, off and on, I would deal with um, different men. Essentially, they were nice, 
Um, none of them were like absolutely rude or absolutely disrespectful to me or anything. It's just that we were like really, really young. And so we were thinking we're like teenage minds. And a lot of all of, I wasn't in a relationship with any of them. Um, but the first boy I ever liked, I won't call his name out. Um, he, we weren't in a relationship. And I remember he told me when I, when we were 15, like, Hey, so, (laughs) um, I'm dating this new girl and she, my girlfriend, I had to find out, like, I think I found out through him. But it might have been like through Facebook or something. Some kind of way I found out. But I think it essentially came from him. And I remember I sat in my basement at home. And I just cried my little eyes out. Because I thought he was going to be my husband. And I just thought that my whole world came to an end at 15. I was like, he going with this girl named Brittany. And what about me? And my little heart was so broken. And then I was fine. And I didn't deal with another guy until two years later. And he was, he was okay, but he didn't make me his girlfriend either. And then it was like a, a a repeating chapter. Like a, it was like a ladder, like a, a, a me constantly falling down the steps, like rolling down the steps. And I'm just like, well, what kind of mess is this? Like, why am I, (laughs) why am I talking to dudes that seem to be nice, but none of them want to make me their girlfriend? Like, what is that? And I remember I, some of them were pretty rude, um, but I didn't deal with them for that long because once it don't take long for somebody to show you their true colors, believe me or not. Um, but I've always been like, well, I'm gonna say always from a certain point in time, maybe like sophomore year of high school, I started to become a little bit more abrasive and assertive. And that's what people categorize me as when I say describe me in three words or five words or a couple words they'd be like aggressive abrasive assertive I'm not really aggressive I'm a super nice person um but people take my abrasiveness and my assertiveness and think that I'm trying to be overly dominant and a lot of men are intimidated by that and that's a fact um and I have stories that y'all wouldn't believe (laughs) but um I would ask certain guys that I would talk to, um, who I was like intimate with that, like, Oh, what do you, if you could rate me on a scale of one to 10, what would it be? And they'll be like, Oh, your face is like a five, but your body makes you a 10 and 11. And it's like, what's wrong with my face? Oh, you, you know, you ain't. You ain't bad, but you ain't all that. You you kind of pretty for a dark skinned girl. Like you got a nice smile, but your body is actually what I'm interested in. Okay, well since you've made that very clear, let me make it very clear and cut all ties with you because what do you think this is? Like what? No. Um. So that those situations definitely put me in those situations added to the confidence issues that I already had. But at that point in my life, I was so thirsty for validation. And there were so many personal things going on at home with my parents and with them getting a divorce and with us having problems with bills and me getting bullied and people talking about me. 
I was so thirsty for attention that the moment a dude looked at me twice, smiled at me a little bit more where he showed a little bit more teeth or when he would walk up to me and say something or send me a message on social media or whatever, or like a picture, I was so uncomfortable with myself and my confidence that I allowed that to um, become who I thought I was. And it's weird because my dad and my uncles and like my grandmothers and people around me growing up, they always told me, specifically my dad was like, don't let a guy just pretty much smile at you and think that that's okay. Or don't just listen to anything guys say. And I've heard my, my male cousins say a lot of stuff to women that I knew were lies. And men would say the same thing to me. But when you're in that mindset and you're so young, you're very, very gullible and you're very, very naive. So you believe everything that you're hearing. So I end up falling into the trap, even though I knew the game. Like, it was so weird. Um, but it definitely um, hindered my confidence. Because I was like, oh, he seems like he likes me enough to want to have sex with me or want to talk to me on the phone or want to sit by me on the bus want to walk me home from school why not um but there was this one particular guy uh i won't call him out either and i'm gonna try not to get emotional talking about this <laughs> but there was this one particular guy who um I did not know I was in love with him until I went to church a few years ago and I heard my pastor preaching about soul ties and how a soul tie isn't only created um, physically, like from sex and intimacy. It can be created emotionally as well. And so there was this guy that I was in love with for seven years and did not realize it until that day in church. Um, now he's engaged and he's getting married in a few months, like September or something. And, um, he never ever wanted to make me his girlfriend, but he would like, I wouldn't say he treated me like his girlfriend cause that would be completely false. But there were certain things that he did that, kind of made me feel a certain type of way like we would talk on the phone late at night sometimes in high school um we would be on like skype or whatever together after school um when i got my first car we would sit in, in my car for extended periods of time and we would just talk and i would like kind of lay on him and he gave me a forehead kiss like maybe twice um, and he would just compliment me and he'll rub my scalp. And he was just like, I was like, so in like of him. And I wanted him to make me his girlfriend for so long. And I was like, Casey, why are you being so effing thirsty right now? But I thought he was so cute. And I thought that he was like my husband. And then God quickly humbled me like, baby, this man keeps spinning you. And he's trying to do it in a smart way. And he's an absolute sweetheart, but I would like ask him like, why have you not made me your girlfriend? He's just like, oh, I just feel like you're too good for me. 
you're this, you're that, you're the other. And the last time we had a conversation on FaceTime, he told me that I was very assertive and abrasive. And I'm like, why do people keep telling me that specifically men? Is that a bad thing? And he was like, no, but I think that a lot of men are definitely intimidated by you and what you have accomplished. You're in school. You're about to get a degree. At that point, I was working on my master, my first master. So he was like, you already have a degree. You're working on a second one. You know what you want to do in life. You know the person you want to be. A lot of men are intimidated by that, especially from where I'm from. I'm from the east side of Detroit. Them dudes from the hood, they're not nothing. So it's like, no, they ain't nothing. So it's like a lot of them because there are a lot of good dudes out there. But no. And so I remember asking him, I'm like, why do you always descri describe me as that? And he was just like, that's my perception of you, but I don't view that as a bad thing. Um, and then we talked about like a deeper conversation as to why he never really made me his girlfriend. And I was hurt. I was very hurt because I had confessed to him maybe two years prior that I was like, in love with him for seven years and he took three days to respond to the text message and sent me at the time what i thought was like complete bs but it makes sense now um and we still cool like we don't talk or nothing because he finna get married but um you know he had my heart for a long time i just didn't have his uh but that's okay but he was someone who, um, over the last few years, even though he didn't want me to be his girlfriend, <laughs> he was someone who was still an overall really good friend to me and who helped me with um, starting to realize my confidence. Oh, I'm finna get emotional. I'm about to start crying and I do not want to do that. But, um... Yeah, he was somebody who definitely just kind of pushed me to and let me know that he was always going to be a supporter, that he was always going to be in my corner rooting for me, and that um, I am special, I am beautiful, I am worthy. And he would tell me stuff like that, like, you are beautiful, you are gorgeous. Like, And I used to really think I was going to be his girlfriend. <laughs> Actually, his wife, but... Nope, God quickly said, no ma'am, I have somebody different for you. And I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> I was not happy with God at that moment. And God quickly humbled me again and said, don't ever question my authority again. And I'm like, all right, Jesus, we got you. All right, Lord, we got you, we got you. Um, so yes, that my confidence has been so all over the place because of people's validation and opinions of me. And that dug into how I did not value myself and not have worth for myself, even though I was taught that. And I will just let male attention and sex consume how I thought about myself, which is why I am so focused on being true to myself and digging into my spirituality because I am allowing God to prepare me. First, I'm letting him, uh, I'm allowing him to and trusting him to, help me grow and push through my trauma and deal with that. And I'm also allowing him to um, work on me and to, um, um, I don't know the word, prepare me to be a wife and then a mother. 
So I'm very blessed and thankful to God for that. Now, this next point leads me into, um, well, I guess relationships, but I guess like sex pretty much played that pretty much summed up relationships. I guess I can add to it on the third piece or point, uh, on relationships. Um, validation definitely, um, played a part into how I view relationships. Um, those who know me, <sighs> I really try not to cry y'all. Those who know me personally know that, um, I have seen a lot and I have been through a lot and, um, I have never been in a relationship and I used to envy and be so jealous of people who are in relationships, even though I've seen a lot of bad examples of relationships. Um, but when you grow up and you see your parents married, no matter the ups and downs that they've had, um, and then you see your family members and your cousins and stuff getting in relationships and getting married and having children. And then you see all your closest friends around you, not everyone, but most of your closest friends in relationships and having children and going on date nights and just being all lovey dovey and getting gifts. It's like, Oh, I want that, but why am I not getting it? And then you start to question yourself and then you start to question God. And then again, God will humble you very quickly. Because that God will let you know this is not your time. And all of the things that you are seeing is not 100% what you are seeing. Especially on social media. And I knew that there was a lot of toxicity in a lot of relationships that I've been able to see over the last 10 years of my life. And with my parents since I can remember um, but I still was envious and jelly and jealous, jelly and jealous of <laughs> those people because I was just like, well, they have somebody and I don't. And then when I would express how I felt about relationships, it was always the people and it always seems to be the people who are either in relationships who, or who have been in relationships who try to tell you like, oh, relationships ain't all this caked up to be and this, that and the other. It's like, okay, great. But let me experience that for myself. Or they'll be like, I like being in a relationship, but it's tiring. But it's like, I don't have that experience, so I can't relate on that concept. Um, and validation definitely um, made me feel some type of way. I used to feel like I was not worthy of a relationship and of love. I still, to be honest, have a lot of those thoughts. And it's very interesting because I just had a conversation with... Um, one of my good friends yesterday about not feeling worthy of love. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm battling that, that negative, um, concept for myself currently. And I'm trying to overcome that fear. Um, because with me working on myself more and digging into finding myself more, when I see a lot of things on like these black love pages and, and, and social and social media and in movies and television shows and magazines and articles or whatever, I just, I often feel like maybe love will never happen for me. Maybe a relationship would never happen for me. Um, and I often feel like, um, 
I won't be able to, I will push whoever my husband is supposed to be away because I'm so afraid of relationships because I've seen, I've experienced my parents' marriage at a very early age go from marital bliss to very, very sour. Um, I watched them get divorced when I was 12 years old. They started their process of um, arguing a lot and going through a divorce when I was nine years old. And I watched over those three years a lot of hurt, a lot of anger, a lot of brokenness. And I know that they didn't purposefully try to put that in front of me and my siblings like face. But there were a lot of things that I heard that I shouldn't have heard. There were a lot of things that I seen that I shouldn't have seen. And that was very traumatic for me. Um, and then they remarried when I was, I think, I wanna say 16. And, you know, they're at a very special place now to say the least. Um, it's very interesting to see their relationship. Um, and that makes me very scared for marriage and for a relationship, to be honest. I've had this conversation with them before. Uh, but seeing the things that they go through in their marriage now, and especially in the past, it makes me very scared for, um, marriage. Also, um... Seeing the things that my friends, like some of my closest friends have went through in their relationships with uh, physical and mental and emotional abuse makes me very scared for a relationship too. And there's nothing wrong with the people themselves. It's just certain situations where they were, the way they were being talked to or the way that they were being abused and, um, just their partner stepping out on them. It's like, I have very, very huge fears of that. Um, and that is, I guess in my eyes, that's a certain level of validation because I'm letting their experiences and what I see dictate how I feel mentally about relationships and being married and doing whatever. Um, so yeah. Those I've talked about confidence, sex, and relationships. And the next two things I'm going to talk about before I wrap up are um, education and career goals. Um, I've let um, a lot of um, people voice their opinions on how I conduct myself with my education. I'm working on my third degree. I don't know if I'm going to go for a PhD anymore. That would be something I would want to accomplish, but PhDs are for people who really want to do practices or who want to teach. And I told myself I want to teach, but not until I'm like really, really late in my career. Um, but a PhD might be something I accomplish, but I feel like God is leaning me towards being done with school for a while. I already have a bachelor's and a master's and I'm working on a second master's. 
But I let people's opinions of me um, <laughs> at first dictate how I felt about school. Because I knew I always wanted to reach at least a master's um, and definitely a PhD. But um, I would let people's negative thoughts about me. It almost steered me and stopped me from continuing my educational journey. Because, you know, everybody has opinions like, oh, college is overrated, it's not needed, it's this, it's stupid, it's that, it's blah, blah, blah. But I like school, and I think education is key. I think knowledge is power. And I think that um, attaining something so great as a diploma, as a degree, especially as a black person and as a black woman, I think that that is a very, very high accomplishment. Um, so... Once I got to college and I started to, you know, grow up and find myself and uh, specifically hone in on my spirituality, a lot of people um, took that as me being negative or thinking that I was like better than them. So I would get a lot of opinions like, oh, you think because you went college, you better than me or you better than everybody or you think because you got new friends, like they supposed to like be more important than me it's like no I'm just growing up I'm grown now and I'm growing up and I'm finding myself as a person and as a woman and I don't think I'm better than you and so that will make people also say that famous line don't forget where you came from because remember you 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 come from nothing it's like I would never forget that but don't also don't talk to me like that and so I will let people's opinions on me about me thinking I'm better than everybody or me thinking that, um, you know, I'm just over the top about school and I'm just think I'm high and mighty. I, I let that get to me at one point in time and I almost stopped myself from, um, being in school and doing great things. Um, and that also plays a part in my career goals. Um, I went to a predominantly white institution. I currently go to a private predominantly white institution, uh, at DePaul university in Chicago, but my alma mater is central Michigan university. Very, very predominantly white, <laughs> very. And there were very few black professors that I had. And I remember when we would do introdu introductions in class and just chime in on what we wanted to do in our life, I would get a lot of teachers that will say, you are dreaming too high. Your career goals are too much. But it was the black professors that really had me questioning what is life? Because I had black professors who would tell me that I was aiming too high and that I would never reach all the things I wanted to accomplish in life. And I let that consume me for a very, very long time because at first I was just like, oh, I just want to, since I'm not going to be able to achieve everything I want, um, I'm just going to be a talk show host. So that's all I'm going to do in my life. But God had other plans. He allowed me to be on TV a few times. He's allowed me to produce actual live newscasts. He's allowed me to 
uh, be on the radio and host two radio shows. One was award winning. The other one got an honorable mention. He allowed me to sit down on the radio with the president of a university. He's allowed me to be a writer, a director, a producer, a cinematographer, a podcaster, a photographer. Um, it's an overall content creator and just doing things that I do for myself with my little small production company <laughs> um, is preparing me to make that something big. Because eventually, Black Mind Productions will be very known, like own, like Universal Studios, like Warner Brothers, like all of that. Um, God is going to allow me to have my own photography studio, my own production company, my own network, my own magazine, etc. Um... But I would let that people, especially professors who have PhDs, half of them have PhDs, which was so weird to me. I would let them, specifically the black professors, down me and let me know that I would not amount to anything. Like anything at all because I was aiming too high, I was dreaming too high, I was wishing too big. But God uh, came back and brought me back to reality and said, okay, so you have to get these fears and these negative um, narratives out of your mind that you are not worthy, you are not special, you are not going to be a mogul. Like, you have to get past that. You have to believe and trust in me because you're listening to the people in the flesh. We need to be listening to me in the spirit. Woo! Lord Jesus, that was good. Um, You need to be listening to me, not to everybody else. And this is going to wrap this up with these final thoughts. If you are listening to this episode, and we are almost 42 minutes in. In life, and I have to take this information for myself. I'm learning and I'm growing every day. <laughs> we cannot, we as people and as individuals cannot allow people's negative insecurities about themselves and their anger and their trauma on themselves trigger and dictate the narrative that we create for ourselves in our lives. Because at the end of the day, the only person who matters in your life about how you look, what you wear, how you walk, how you talk, what your career goals are, who, whose friend you are, is yourself and God. Yes, it is okay to have people in your life who are going to be those friends that hold you accountable, but those have to be full-blown, hardcore, genuine friends who have your best interest at heart, who only want to see you elevate and get better and better and better and better and better. Not people who are just pickpocketing off of you and who are mooching off of you and your success and who are digging holes into what you are doing and who are just picking at small things and just trying to wait for the most negative things to happen to you for them to celebrate you. Do not let people validate your confidence and how you feel about yourself and your self-worth and your being on this earth. Do not let your boyfriends, your girlfriends, your husbands, your wives, men, women, whoever, do not let people come into your life and validate how you feel about yourself physically. Do not allow sex and attention from those who are not worthy and don't deserve it 
to dictate what you do. Do not fall into that trap of how people feel about you and don't allow sex to be an escape from reality because you're getting that attention because that attention is is negative attention and God will show you that because he's shown me that do not let people's validation dictate what you do with your life educationally if you want to go off to get three masters two PhDs and whatever go ahead and do that don't let people try to validate you by reminding you of where you came from because they're trying to bring you down don't let people's validation and their experiences of relationships and what and don't let what you see and the examples that you have dictate and come into your mental about how you would be in relationships and how you would be as a future husband or a future wife don't allow validation from other people to dictate what you do as far as a career what you you are able to accomplish anything that you that your heart desires god knows the desires of your heart people don't unless you tell them so do not allow people's validation and opinions of you create a false narrative of who you are as a person because god created everyone to be beautiful god created everyone differently and very uniquely Everyone is unique. Everyone is special. Everyone is beautiful. Everyone is powerful. And you, my friend, who are listening, you are special. You are worthy. You are beautiful. You are capable. You are able to do whatever. And the only validation that matters on the day that you leave this earth, when you make it to them gates, nobody else is going to open that gate for you but God. You came into this world by yourself unless you got like a twin or something but still individually (laughs) and you're going to leave this earth individually as well so with that being said that is going to wrap up episode four of becoming me the podcast the good the bad and the downright raw um that is being brought to you by my production company black mind productions If you are not following that at the moment, please go on Instagram and just search at Black Mind Productions. Go ahead and hit that follow button. Check out some of the content. Check out some of my highlights. Keep up to date with things that are happening. Also go on Facebook and search um, Black Mind Productions and go ahead and like that page and keep up with content on there too if you are not on Instagram. And if you are not on Facebook, vice versa. I mean, if you're not on Instagram, do Facebook. If you're not on Facebook, do Instagram. I hope I said that right. Also, go ahead and follow um, my photography page at underscore Denise Photography. That name might be changing soon. I don't know. I'm I'm off a change. I'll be getting tired of stuff very quickly. <laughs> um, but go ahead and follow at underscore Denise, uh, Denise Photography on Instagram and check out my photography and those highlights and things like that. Also, 
be on the lookout for new and upcoming announcements because I do have a new podcast coming in June called The Tall, Dark, and Handsome Perspective. And I'm so excited to bring that to you. That's two of just three podcasts coming to you this year. And then also be on the lookout because I might have one or two more podcast ideas coming to you soon. I am also working on updating my website and I also have another big announcement coming in June with the launch of my second podcast, The Tall, Dark, and Handsome Perspective, which is going to be a podcast that is um, based on topics from the perspective of black men. So, so catchy and I'm so excited for that. Um, Don't forget to tune in in two weeks for episode five. There's only six episodes in this season. We have two more to go. In two weeks, we'll be on episode five. Um, where I'm talking about my self-worth and confidence, and I'm going to title that one, um, oh, self-worth and self-confidence pretty much. And I'm going to talk about, uh, me being hungry for attention and friends. And I'm also going to talk about how I use my insecurities to settle for less. Why would I do that to myself? <laughs> so anyways, um, We're almost an hour in, but I want to say thank you to everyone who has liked this podcast, who was following this podcast, who was listening, who is sharing, and who just comes back every two weeks to hear me talk and just ramble on about my life. Um, As always, don't forget to come back again in two weeks. Share with a colleague, share with a friend, share with your children, listen to it for yourself. Whatever you feel you need to do. I'm so excited for all the things coming for the rest of this podcast in season one and the other things to come under Black Mind Productions. I am your host, Casey Davis, and I will see you again in two weeks. Have a good day, everyone. Also, happy Mother's Day. <laughs>